welcome to another episode of Bank Statements, part of the Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka podcast series. For this episode, I'm excited to be joined by not only one, but two very special guests, Sam Thomas and Leslie Mondesir. Sam and Leslie are both part of our strategic planning and member solutions team and are experts in data compilation, analytics, and strategic tool development. They are instrumental in not only helping us develop our strategic goals internally, but they also work to provide district trend information and analytical tools that can be used by our members. And they really help to define what it means for the Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka to be your trusted financial partner. Leslie and Sam, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Happy to be here, Trent. Thanks, Trent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. So I know both of you spend a lot of time developing and running a variety of analytical tools for our members, and we're definitely going to need to have you back on the show sometime and talk about those in a little more detail. But today I'd like for us to discuss a couple of reports that you put together on a quarterly basis. The financial institution trends and economic update are reports that compile various economic and financial data from financial institutions within the federal home loan banks four state region of Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. As we talk through these with you, with you both, I'd like to encourage our listeners to go ahead and pull those reports up and you can find them out on our public website at fhlbtopeka.com under the financial intelligence tab if you want to follow along with us a little bit. Leslie, I thought we'd go ahead and kick things off and, and start with you and the 10th District Community Financial Institutions Trends Report that you put together. At a high level, can you give us an insight as to what kind of information our members can find within this report? Sure. We have two reports that we put together, one that's specific to our bank members and another that's specific to our credit union members. And within each report, we look at some trends on the balance sheet, profitability and performance trends, asset quality, liquidity. And we also look at merger and acquisition activity within the district. Wow. So there's really a lot of topics that are within this report and it's jam-packed with data ratios and trends that can help our members really keep a pulse on what's going on within the district, it sounds like. Now, with all this information available, it's my understanding that within this report, there are various peer groups established. So members can really dive down and view this data in a way that's meaningful to them. Can you break down what those peer groups look like and give us a feel for how this data is broken out? Sure. So the report is set up with an executive summary at the front that kind of ties out everything together, pulls together out some key trends and themes that we see across the banking industry. And throughout the report, we within each section that I mentioned before, balance sheet, profitability, asset quality, liquidity, there's three different groups where you a bank or credit union can compare themselves to. Um, first is the report is broken out by asset size segments. There's five, four bank members, and there are three or four for credit unions. We also break it out geographically by state, as well as primary business focus. So for our bank members, we look at agricultural focus banks, commercial banks, retail banks, and then those that are a little bit more diversified, and we call them an other group. And for credit unions, our primary business focus are auto lending, residential, and then other. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's absolutely awesome. Being able to break the data down into these more specific subsets or, or peer groups really allows the user to view that information in a way that's relevant to them, to their institution, 
and be able to apply it as such. Now, you know, I've actually been following these reports quarterly since their inception about a year ago. And I've noticed that there's certainly the staple themes that appear in every quarterly report that you put out there, which we've kind of mentioned already. But then there's also some one-off topics that that seem to be included. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of these one-offs? Maybe mention some of the ones that have been included in the past. And if you have any, any update as to ones that we can expect going forward, maybe touch on that as well. Sure. So in the past, this 2020, we had focus on the COVID pandemic and PPP lending. We also had our government relations officer, Ryan Gilliland. He provided a Washington update around topics from the election and post-election. And we also did a study that we called a shifting deposit landscape, where we took a look at deposit data at the branch level across the industry and took a look at those trends and where deposits were flowing, um, both for members, small members to larger members, where they're located rural versus urban, as well as taking a look at how deposit balances have changed in banks headquartered outside 10th district. And going forward, we will take a look at, you know, kind of trends that pop up. Maybe we'll spend more time on M&A and what's going on there. Take a look at maybe how the financial markets are performing. Uh, it's kind of a hot topics or issues that are facing the banking industry that we might take a deeper dive into. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so they not only get these hot topics, these these trendy topics within the industry, very relevant and timely information, but they also get the updates on the financial trends as well. All this data compiled into one report, and it's certainly very comprehensive with lots of things for these readers to dive into. Um, do you happen to have one takeaway for listeners that maybe have seen this report before, or new ones that we have we might have as a as a result of this conversation for the first time, do you have any any insights for them or one final takeaway? Sure. One thing I would say is I know you've mentioned that is a lengthy report and there's a ton of data for members if they want to have the time to sift through. If you only have 10, 15 minutes, the executive summary at the beginning does a good job of pulling out some key themes and takeaways from the trends that we see both across the industry as well as in the 10th district specifically. We touch on M&A at a high level, as well as some community bank stock performance. So, and then we also look ahead as to what's facing the industry here in the future. So if someone only has 10 minutes, great, look at the executive summary. If you have time and want to go look at any specific metrics related to your institution's primary business focus or asset size, can take time to go sift through all the data um, and the tables following the executive summary. Yeah, absolutely. I, I personally love that executive summary. Leslie kind of takes the time and analyzes all the data for us and compiles it into her overview of what she thinks is most important and what the data really tells her. And then based on that executive summary, I love to go and dive a little deeper into some of the things that that I want to look at more specifically. So Leslie, thank you for all the work that you do on that and putting that together. Sam, I haven't forgot about you, buddy. We know you're still over there. Let's go ahead and jump over to you and talk about the 10th district economic update that you put together on a quarterly basis. Tell us a little about this update and how does it differ from this financial trends report that Leslie and I just discussed? Yeah, thanks, Trent. Um, 
So at a basic level, uh, whereas the financial trends report kind of takes a deep dive into developments our members may be seeing from a balance sheet perspective, uh, the economic update tries to explain a bit behind the why and you know what external drivers may be causing a bump in ag loans or a drop in liquidity. You know, here in the 10th district, our economies are a bit more isolated and they respond more to developments in specific industries. You know, whether that be ag and manufacturing in states like Kansas and Nebraska or the energy sector in Oklahoma. So following the indicators in those areas is really kind of key to understanding the health of their respective economies. That isn't to say that national indicators aren't also important. And we definitely do look at trends in items like inflation and interest rates uh, that we know have a major impact on our member institutions. But we also know our members have a lot of other outlets to receive this information. And it's often in a more timely manner since this report's published, you know, only on a quarterly basis. So instead, the goal of this report is just kind of to give our members a one-stop shop that they could visit you know, periodically for an update on some of the economic developments that could be impacting them and their customers. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. And it, it provides a little bit different perspective than the, than the financial trends report does. And it really takes a step back and looks at some of those driving factors that really impact some of the ratios that you might see in, in Leslie's, in Leslie's report. So I think that's great. You know, at a, at a high level, can you give us an overview of the various sections that are included within yours and what members can expect to find? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll just take a quick walk through the sections of our most recently released update. Uh, so listeners can maybe get an idea of what all is entailed, but understand that these sections may change. Uh, there may be additional sections that are added depending on either new data that's available, um, new emerging trends, and maybe even feedback from our members. And to that point, and to our members, please do not hesitate to reach out if there's any information that you'd like to see added to these reports. Uh, we are a bit limited in terms of data that's you know, both relevant and state-specific that we can provide, um, but we'll do anything that we can to make sure that these uh, reports are a helpful resource for you and your institutions. Um, so with that said, the report starts off by giving an overview of recent GDP growth for the four states that are uh, compared to the United States. Uh, we also look at the major contributors to these growth levels on an industry basis and provide a bit of color as to why the growth levels may be what they are. Next, we move into an overview of state-by-state -state labor trends. Uh, and that includes a look at recent unemployment and labor force participation movement. To supplement this data, we also look at a couple different wage measures to maybe give us some insight into why workers are you know, leaving the workforce and uh, whether or not wage increases are keeping up with inflation levels. Uh, this is certainly a hot topic right now across the country. You're seeing a lot of calls for increases to the minimum wage. Uh, employers are struggling to find workers to fill low paying jobs. So it's definitely a big hurdle right now. Then that brings us to a discussion on interest rates and inflation, uh, including what the Fed is expecting in terms of interest rate movement. We also look at the energy sector, specifically oil and gas. Uh, and there we include a bit of dialogue around the recent movement in that area. And then following that is our farm and ag section, where currently we've been looking at trends in commodity prices that are most relevant to the states in our district. And that includes cattle, wheat, soybeans, and corn. And finally, we close out the report by touching on housing prices and inventories. So maybe we'll get a little bit of an idea of what members may be experiencing or 
should expect to see in the residential side of their business. So that's just a quick high-level overview of the report. Again, certain indicators may change from report to report, but the general sector focus will remain somewhat similar to that. And uh, that way members can kind of expect or know what to expect from quarter to quarter. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like, you know, some of the things that included that are included can be somewhat fluid, which is great. But for the most part, it, it sounds like a lot of these topics are things that economists are looking at it on a national scale, but you really take it and you break it down to be more specific to this 10th district and, and show our members how it can impact them a little bit more directly. And I think that's great. And I know we're trying to keep this discussion at a little bit more high level and at the bird's eye view for now. And, and we'll certainly have you guys on in future episodes to dive down into the weeds a little bit more and discuss some of those trends in more detail. But for this current episode and what we're talking about now, do you maybe have one uh, trend that you're seeing that could be of particular note or of concern? Yeah. So, I mean, this could probably be the response during any economic cycle. It's such an important topic to our members. Uh, but there's a very close eye on interest rates right now, given the recent inflation reports. Uh, the Fed has been adamant in their belief that the current core PCE reading, which is their preferred measure of inflation, uh, they've been saying that it is, quote, transitory, and they are convinced it will slow down once we're past this you know, kind of post-COVID surge. Um, they've even gone so far as to change the language in their forward guidance to allow for spikes in inflation. Uh, by using what they call average inflation targeting uh, to try and decipher if a move is necessary. But you know, the Fed's been late to respond to inflation before, and that could certainly be the case again, given everything else that's going on from a consumer perspective. Uh, you know, these are unprecedented times. Saving rates have been at all-time highs. We've seen multiple stimulus bills pass uh, There's with another one seemingly on the way. Uh, and then there were some signs of inflationary pressure before the pandemic hit that could have just been lying dormant until the economy was ready to reopen. Um, so if high inflation does persist, we could see the Fed scrambling to cool it off um, and normalizing rates at a much faster pace than they had been indicating. Um, and this would present considerable interest rate exposure in a market that really relies on accurate signaling by the FOMC. Um, you know, maybe the FOMC should take a page out of former chairwoman Janet Yellen's book. Uh, she was just on uh, Bloomberg News talking about interest rates and said, yeah, maybe higher interest rates would be a good thing. Um, and I know she's no longer in charge of the group that decides that sort of thing, but uh, she's clearly not afraid of providing some forward guidance of her own. Uh, and I imagine that investors are uh, definitely taking notes of those comments. Yeah, I would certainly imagine you're right. And transitory is definitely a buzzword that's being thrown around right now. And inflation and interest rates are always going to be at the forefront of, of the financial industry and our members' minds in and of itself. And I think that your report, this economic update, will provide a very good tool for members to continue to watch that, monitor it, see where it's going, take a look back, and, and, and even get some insight as to where we could be potentially headed in the future. So I think that that's great. You know, thank you both for giving us a little bit of overview of these. We talked about all the economic trends that can be found in Sam's report and then the financial impacts um, and the trends and ratios that are included within Leslie's. I didn't know if either one of you or both of you had had some final thoughts to leave with our listeners um, before we wrap things up. Sure. I would just encourage our members to go check out both of these reports and see what's going on 
in their area, um, both economically and then even from a financial point of view. Also, if members would like to chart themselves against some of these peer groups, they can feel free to reach out to us. Um, we're more than happy to chart their individual institution against others so they can track their performance and see how they're performing. Or if there's any comments or suggestions that they have for either one of us or future editions, we'd be happy to hear. Yeah, and I'll just add that uh, in addition to the financial intelligence page where these trends reports are located, uh, Member Solutions also has their own landing page on the FHLB Topeka website, uh, and that's under the products dropdown there on the main menu. It's there that members can find a list of other tools and resources at their disposal, uh, and this includes customized balance sheet analyses and strategies that are um, or that can be tailored to their institution's specific needs and situation. Um, there's also a submission form located at the bottom of the page to make a request for any of these tools. And that sends an email directly to our group. So we just urge our members to check that page out and let us know if there's anything that they'd like to develop. Absolutely. And thank you both. I think one of the greatest things that you guys do is, is provide all this information to members. Not only do you do it on a district level, but you've developed all these tools that they can really specify it to their needs and to their institution and, and hopefully help them in their decision-making processes as they move forward. So thank you both for all of the very insightful information. It's greatly appreciated. I'll continue to look forward to reading these reports as they come out on a quarterly basis. And I encourage our listeners to do the same. Today, you both provided high-level overviews of each of these documents, but in future episodes, of course, we do plan to bring you back, dive a little bit deeper into these trends and see how it could actually impact the institutions within our district. So everybody keep an eye out for that, but thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Trent. Yes, and please stay tuned for our next episode where we're, we're gonna have two very unique and exciting guests coming on to talk about affordable housing, the impact our housing and community development programs have and have had, and community lending opportunities that you have available to you by utilizing Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka products. I'm personally very excited for this discussion because these programs can often fall under the radar, but they really do provide our members with the opportunity to make significant impacts within their community. It's a huge benefit of being a part of this cooperative. So I appreciate you all for tuning in to this episode of Bank Statements. My name is Trent Meyer, and until next time. Bank Statements podcast is brought to you by the Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka and our members, the community financial institutions in Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. To learn more about our cooperative and get the most out of your membership, reach out to your regional account manager or friendly lending staff at 800-809-2733.